Welcome back, everybody, to Unbashful. I am your host, Nicholas Doucette. And as always, I want to thank you for another week and another opportunity for me to sit in front of this mic and in front of this camera and talk about the things that I love. And today, I'm doing an interview with Mary Rose Amaro. Did I pronounce your, your last name correctly? Amaral. Amaral. Okay, my apologies. It's so, okay. uh, like I said, Mary, before we started, thank you very much for taking your time to come on Unbashful and uh, why don't you just tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, I'm in third year um, at Ryerson. Um, I'm in politics, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, love doing community work and super happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well, that actually answers my question I was going to ask. Because uh, last time I talked to Saad, he told me that you were like he went to Ryerson with you. Um, mm-hmm. Were you guys in the same program or did you guys just know each other just through going to the same school? Um, so Saad and me and were, sorry, me and Saad were in a few of the same classes, but we're in different programs. Right, right. Okay. And uh, what what program are you in exactly, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so um, I'm in politics and governance at Ryerson. Oh, okay, well, gotcha. At university, not sure what we're naming it. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, cool. Um, and uh, hoping to minor in CRIM. I was going to minor in French, but very uh, different. Okay. French online. All right. Criminal psychology is what you're referring to. Uh, criminology. Oh, cr- oh, criminology. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, you seem very ambitious and it seems like you have a lot of uh, big goals and I admire that. Um, so obviously you're going to school for politics. So I'm going to take a leap of faith and assume that that's what you're pursuing professionally as an occupation. Yeah, um, I would like to run for office eventually. Wow, um, yeah. I'm hoping before I'm 30 so I can be uh, one of those young MPs that they uh, feature as like the young MPs in the house or whatever. Yeah. MPs. Um, yeah. So obviously, like you want to start off in like municipal government, but do you have like big goals to sort of climb the ladder and move to like, you know, provincial and, and federal? So I actually uh, used to want to be the mayor of like the place I live in, Richmond Hill. Gotcha. Um, but I kind of know more about municipal uh, like government since then. And um, well, Richmond Hill government is a lot of, um, there's a lot of corruption. <laughs> really? <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, like corruption, like in like the, the system or do you mean corruption and like within like the community within the politicians and oh, it's okay. the same ones that are winning so oh, like okay. you can get your foot in the door in municipal like politics in this area is super difficult just because like those seats kind of never change mm-hmm. there's actually an election coming up and like there's like absolutely no information out about it um I don't want to vote for the people who are currently in office but I haven't heard of the people running against them yet so I don't know what I'm doing yet for that um but no I actually plan um to run for provincial government um so that's an MPP um gotcha. federal MP gotcha. um, yeah see I don't I don't know much about this I'm honestly this is a learning experience for me because mm-hmm. I'm someone that's not not to interrupt you but I'm someone that's not incredibly tapped in on on politics but i understand that as i'm getting older it's definitely something that i should be prioritizing and learning about so that's why i'm really happy to have you here mm-hmm, of course yeah well uh if you'd love to if you want to have a chat uh anytime would love to help you understand awesome. more about politics thank you um, um 
but I want to run for provincial government just because the portfolios I like much better. Um, and you're more in touch with like the people you're actually representing. Um, and I know, I guess I know that through volunteering and, and like uh, for volunteering for candidates and whatnot, but yeah. Yeah. Volunteering is probably a huge one. Oh yes. Yeah. Like the biggest thing in politics, you need to volunteer. That's like you could think. obviously have the resume, but that like community work yeah. probably just is what could set you apart from the competition. Yeah, for sure. And like through my volunteering, um, I actually volunteered like this past election for the, like one of the candidates in my writing. And I met so many people and um, like, I've been able to like, I guess, unlock new opportunities for myself through it because I'm getting to learn more people. And I got close with the candidate I was volunteering for. And um she asked me to be on her youth council, which is That's awesome. Fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, my friend's running it who's working for her. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, volunteering is definitely definitely in politics, like the best thing you can do for yourself because that's like how you meet people. And in politics, like the people you know are going to get you far. Yeah, that's one thing I, I didn't even like think about is like the networking opportunities that that come with mm-hmm. volunteering you can meet so many people that could present different opportunities in the future um yeah so i want to ask you the next question here so if you could sit at a round table with four people that have influenced you they could be from any part of the world hell they could even be deceased so if you could pick four people that that in, that have an impact on your life that you would just love to just pick their brain and, and meet and just talk to who would those four people be um, well, I was thinking about this yesterday and I could come up with like, I guess two people because some, yeah, yeah. some of the people I would talk to, like I kind of already know or uh, planning on getting to know through politics. Um, but definitely, so I'm more of a, so in politics, there's right and left and there's gotcha. center. So like rights, conservative like Stephen Harper or whatever, like yeah. left would be like Jack Layton. So I consider myself more leftist um, than centrist or right wing. Um, so I definitely pick Karl Marx and Thomas Sankara. <laughs> okay. And, and they're out, I, was, I assume they're in the, the left. The yeah, left they're side. in okay. the left area. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Karl Marx, Thomas Sankara, maybe not, but um, for your listeners, um, no, I am not a crazy person or a radical. I just agree with some of his ideas. Um, so basically, in class, I got to read the Communist Manifesto. Um, and that basically talks about like capitalism and how it's like uh, naturally exploitative for like people who are working class and works to benefit um, like rich people and the bourgeois class um, owning the means of production, which is like the factories to to get people jobs or uh, manufacturing and whatnot. Um, So a question I would ask him that kept on coming up in my class because he obviously proposes like a move to communism. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, we've seen that in like Russia or like China, but like it hasn't really been like, I guess, real communism. So I would definitely ask him because he never says it what a communist society would look like so you're so you're curious to see what a communist society would look like in canada or am i interpreting that um in his view because he never really outlined it in his book uh 
Communist Manifesto. Um, so I definitely ask him that because I think it would, I guess, like quell a lot of debates um, surrounding like current societies who who are socialist or communist or whatever. Um, and the second person is Thomas Sankara. Um, so he was the president of Burkina Faso in the 80s. So that's like a country in, I think, Africa. Okay. Um, and basically, like, he transformed the country because obviously there was like colonization before that. And he kind of like took over and legitimately like transformed everything to be better. Um, and something I'm really interested is, sorry, in is like education. Um, that's why I want to run provincially. Um, and I would ask him like how he did it because what he did, he basically had like a national literacy campaign and he was able to raise the um, literacy rate by, I think, like 60 percent, which is huge. And he was only in office for four years. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So I definitely ask him like some ideas about education if I were to ever meet him. But um he was assassinated, so I can't ask him that. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so I, I was doing some some research and uh and, and I was looking at your your Instagram page, not the stock or whatever, and I noticed you have a organization or you're a part of an organization. Uh, I don't know if you're like the founder or uh or or co-founder, it called Period Pop-Up in Richmond Hill. So just kind of tell me like you know what what that's about and sort of like what was your motivation behind starting that. Yeah, so my friend Rita, um, so I'm not the founder of the organization, but I guess right, I lead right. like, the, the period pop-up in Richmond Hill. So my friend Rita started it. Um, she's a student at McMaster. Um, and I, I met her through politics, through a political event, model parliament. Um, that's kind of how I got my like started politics, really, um, where I was able to meet people. If anyone's listening to this, definitely do a model parliament at Queen's Park. Um, I got to meet, um, well, Doug Ford was walking by in the hospital in, in the in the hallway. So we like stopped and took a picture with him. And there's like a picture of me and my friends. Well, we're friends now um, with him. And he's just posing like funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, who else did I meet? Okay, I met, I also met, sorry, I'm getting off track, but I also oh, that's met okay. That's okay. No MPP problem. I really like. Um, I didn't know I really liked her before meeting her because I, I met her and then found out who she was. And uh, I actually have a placement with her for one of my classes this semester. So I'm super oh, excited awesome. and hoping it's in person, but Omicron anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so period pop-ups. So I met Rita at this model parliament place and she basically started period pop-ups to combat period poverty. Um, so basically like, people being unable to act like to have access to period products or being unable to afford them since um, menstrual equity is a right, you know, everyone should be able to. Absolutely. That, that shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any limitations on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically what the period pantry is, is like a, like a box outside of like a place where anyone can go and pick up like uh, pads, tampons, uh, Menstrual cups. We had menstrual cups in there uh, before, but um, they're all very expensive and like just having like tampons and pads for more people. So we decided to not put those in as much. Um, but basically um, 
it's like for people to take for free if they need it for literally anyone can take it and um we go and refill the box and um we were able to do this because we applied to a grant um so for anyone listening um rising youth grants okay um you can get up to i think just like over a grand if you want to like put a prop like a project in place and like you have to report your funding and whatnot um so like that's kind of like a great thing to do if you like to, to sorry it's like a great source of funding to apply for since it's provided by the government um if you want to do um any like community initiatives um yeah and so my motivation behind starting it was that I kind of wanted to do something for my community um, and just be able to help people. So when you're putting these, is it just like one location or I know you said you put them across, across town, right? Or is it just one, one spot? So we have one location currently, but we're hoping to um, apply for funding for another one. And um, through politics, I met someone and, I think I could probably ask them if we could put it outside like their office or whatever. Um, but we're definitely hoping to have another location. Um, I can send you lo- the location and you can. I guess, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Tell your listeners if there's any listeners in Richmond Hill of, um, of your podcast so they can access it. Cool. And as for like the location, because like I, right now I don't know where it is. Do you do you have it like near like a shoppers, like an area where, you know, people would go for that? Or is it like near like an office or, or something? Um, so it's actually outside a physiotherapist office right now. Oh, okay. That's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like me and my friends were emailing like a bunch of businesses. None of them got, got back to us. So we just decided to go in person, like basically door knocking. We're like, hey, can we put this outside your business or whatever? And like, they were the only ones who said yes, enthusiastically. Um, as for the location, um, I did like research into... Um, the average income for each ward in my area and that area that we put it in has the lowest oh, like, okay. average income. So that's, that's why we decided to put it there. And it's also like the downtown area where there's lots of foot traffic so people can actually access it. Um, that was kind of our, um, I guess, like thinking behind putting it where we put it um, just because Richmond Hill is not really um like there's not very many people like places that people like congregate and like walk around besides yeah. like the town area. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the logistics is obviously incredibly important and it's smart that you guys like did your research and figured out like low income areas, yeah, stuff like that. Um, so that's great. And for my next question, so let me see. Um, oh yeah. So as somebody, like I said, like, like myself, as I mentioned, I'm not too familiar with politics if you're speaking to somebody, well, you are speaking to somebody like me, what would be what would be the most important aspects to immediately learn? Like if you're just jumping into the scene and you really want to get yourself started, what would be some of the first things that you should learn? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was thinking about this yesterday and I think it is that political participation doesn't well, people, people often think that election time is the only time to like influence governments and influence decision-making, but it really isn't. Um, you can be, you can join, you know, different groups. Um, you can join political parties. You can go protest. You can go lobby the government. You can go call your MPP. I don't suggest emailing. Um, 
it would it just be like impossible to get a hold of them because like their emails yeah, would probably sorry, be sorry. flooded. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm saying I don't suggest emailing just because um have you have you seen those like petitions on like Instagram or whatever for something where it's like, oh, like we can email your MPP, like we have like oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they don't answer those. There's just like I, I know people who work for oh, MPs wow. and MPPs and they literally like look at that, they're like, don't oh, care. okay. Yeah. So yeah. um but like if you're emailing your MP or MPP with like a, a concern, um, they'll likely answer you. But I suggest calling if you want to, you know, get information about anything. But elections are not the only time to participate politically um, because there are ways to collectively, like, I guess, put your voice out to actually like influence government. So for example, I worked at um, a music nonprofit this summer and um, we were on a Zoom call and I don't know if you know what it is, but it's called a phones app. I do not know. So basically we go on the call and we discuss like demands that we have and then we call the MP or MPP or elected representative with those demands and the fact that you're doing it in a large group means you're getting heard that's smart yeah. um so like there's things like that that you can do in between election times that like help you i guess um participate politically since people think only during like during election time is the only time to um participate like i used to have that view um, but like politics is open to everyone. And if you say, for example, like are part of, oh, I guess the gig economy, right. And you don't really have any like collectively, sorry, how do I say this? That's okay. Did, did you say, did you say that, do you say the gay economy? Is that what you said? No. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of misunderstood you. I, I I didn't know exactly what you what you said there. Um, the gig economy. The the gig is that what you so said? Like, so like musicians. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't like really have like employers who are like kind of like self-employed, I guess. Yeah. Like, there's been a lot of stuff out about them during the pandemic because they haven't been really um able to access those t- like benefits that other people have been able to access during the pandemic. Those resources and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter who you are, as long as you have a collective voice and like that, is that a dad cup? Yeah. Yeah. I, I am by no means a dad. I just, it was right out of the dishwasher is the first thing that I saw and I took it. So oh, I, I, yeah, I was, I was afraid you were probably going to notice that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so basically like whoever you are, if you're collectively organizing, you can get your voice heard. And that's like definitely a way to politically participate um yeah and like you can lobby the government you can join a party if you really want to influence uh politics you can join a party so for example the liberal party and start start volunteering with them and um during their i guess before election time there's amazing chances to participate um because they're choosing candidates and uh my boyfriend actually did like political calls for like, I guess like a certain candidate um, where like he'd call and say, hey, like sign up to be part of this party and you can vote in this writing um, to make this person the liberal candidate in this writing. So 
Um, they kind of did this. Do you know who Sam Osterhoff is? I do not know. Um, so I think he's the youngest mem- provincial, sorry, he's the youngest MPP in government right now. Um, I remember in politics class, my prof was like, oh, like he wasn't actually the candidate the party wanted, but they were able to get him in because so many people signed up to be part of the party to actually vote to influence the candidate race in that riding and put him in office as the candidate. Oh, okay. So That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So if you have like a big enough group of people in that riding, like you can kind of override like the party's yeah. choice on who they want for the candidate. I sorry, override is a bad, bad word um, for that, but like have more influence in who is representing you, I guess. Right. Yeah. So it telling about what you're saying, it really doesn't seem like there's much barriers to getting yourself involved. There's many different opportunities. Like, like you said, you can volunteer and if you could find people with like likewise opinions and in, in, in uh, views as you, then you could, like you said, influence and get your voice heard. Exactly. Um, so that was great. So my next question is, so what are some of your goals that you hope to accomplish within the next five years? Um, I'm definitely hoping to finish my undergrad in the next five years. <laughs> I have another year and a half to go, hopefully. Um, although I'm, kind of uh, sad because I made such a group such a good group of friends and don't really know what's supposed to happen after that yeah Um, and I definitely want to go to grad school um for um what's it called a master's in policy I kind of want to go into policy and maybe work for some nonprofits um before I go into office just so I can say like hey like I have this good background like I'm legitimate you know vote for me um (laughs) And I also kind of want to go to um, grad school to get a master's in educational policy. Um, so U of T has that program. Sorry, I'm getting super specific. Is this no, okay? That, no, that's perfectly okay. At the end of the day, this is a podcast, you know, as much detail and as, you know, as, as possible, if you want to, you know, ramble on and go on and talk about something else, that's totally, sorry, ramble on is kind of the wrong word, but there's, there's no problem. It's, Go ahead. Everybody wants to hear this. That's why I got you on. So don't be afraid to talk in detail and in depth. So kind of like a big goal of mine is to be the um, minister of education. I would love to be the minister of education for Ontario. Um, And so that's kind of why I want to get into educational policy um, like more. So I kind of have that background and, um, and, I am like, I guess, experienced for the job and have the knowledge to actually be able to do it properly because uh, currently they definitely do not have someone that has the background to do it properly in office. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'm hoping to get like obviously more involved in politics and my community and hopefully do more community work and get my name out there and maybe run for other positions of leadership. Uh, maybe municipal politics as like a counselor in the meantime, because it's actually not a full-time job, which is kind of hilarious because most people think it's a full-time job, but it's not. And sorry, I kind of raised my voice too much on that because my dad's vacuuming in the background. Oh. Well, well audio is pretty good. Cause I don't, I don't even hear it. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so my next question is, so you obviously have your goals and you you're very set. You seem very focused and, did you know, like from high school, like this is 
maybe not the goal specifically, but did you know that this was the like the lane that you wanted to pursue? Because one common problem that I'm sure you you probably know people that are in this position, like people our age don't really know what they want to do. And they just mm-hmm. throw themselves into a program in university or college without actually like really understanding is it, if, if it's something that they enjoy and if they're passionate about, whereas you, you seem like you're, you're very set and you're very focused. So when did you kind of know that this is like, I want to do this. This is, this is the uh, occupation and career that I want to pursue. So hilariously, um, I actually wanted to do YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, because my, uh, like someone, uh, they're not close to me, but I know them because they live in proximity to me, but they live in LA now, but they were like big on vine. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who they are later, but just okay. for privacy reasons. Yeah, no, I respect um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So they were big on Vine. So I was like, you know, like, I want to do this too. Um, So I kind of wanted to do YouTube. I actually had my own YouTube channel for a bit. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I wanted to do media production at Ryerson. Um, Oh, okay. And then I took, like, kind kind of like to do, like, race, I guess, like, race social justice issues, like, to the, like, forefront. I don't, I'm not, like, I kind of wanted to do comedy videos. Anyways. Um, and then I took a class in grade 12 law and it kind of discussed like criminology and like politics and law and like Canadian politics. And that's kind of when I got interested in politics. I actually wanted to go to do criminology. Um, sorry, I'm talking about Ryerson a lot because okay. um, first choice, it's close, whatever. I'm even uh, thinking about going to Ryerson, to be honest with you, after I'm done this program that I'm in right now. So either Ryerson or uh, U of T. So one of those two. But anyways, continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. Um, So I wanted to go to Ryerson for CREM. And then I went to uh, the Ontario University Fair. Oof, for short. (laughs) I hate that name. (laughs) That's a funny acronym. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oof. Um, (laughs) But um, I was talking to like, um, you know how they have like the booths and whatever. So I was talking like to the criminology, like people like, and they didn't seem very passionate about like the program. And then I went to politics and I was talking to like, because they send like students and I was talking to the political girl. And I, and at that point I decided I'm going to, I, I want to do this politics program instead of crime. So that's kind of how I got started in politics. That's kind of like, cause I, I wanted to just kind of make a change. And I thought crime was the best idea to do that. Cause I wanted to go to law school. Um, I don't want to go to law school anymore. Um, know somebody that's in law school and they tell me it's 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 incredible like, I don't want to do this yeah yeah, yeah. no I, <laughs> most people I know like they really really wanted to do it and once I mean anything anything worth doing is obviously difficult but I've heard it's incredibly challenging and, and taxing but I mean I guess anything worth doing is but um mm-hmm. sorry you were saying so I kind of got like started in politics just because I went into that program and I kind of wanted to make a difference um and I'm glad I went to the Ontario University Fair. Otherwise, I would have gone to criminology. So yeah. that's that's like, really important because if yeah. you hadn't gone to that that day, you might have yeah. gone in a completely different route. Exactly. So it's crazy how like just small little events can just change mm-hmm. like the outcome of the next four or five years of your life. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how that happened. And then I started getting involved more just because I was always involved in high school um I was the principal's like person I guess <laughs> I don't know nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah 
Um, but um, like I, I kind of always just wanted to get involved and like make a difference. And when I got to university, I kind of like met a good group of friends and they kind of like showed me like how to get involved since they were kind of already involved in like with political parties and different political things. Yeah, so that's kind of how I got my start into things. And um, I guess I would say like model parliament really helped me make more connections. It's kind of like a big networking event where you get like experience. Oh, okay. I was going to ask like, yeah, like what is that? But is that sort of similar to like the OOF thing? Almost like a, like a, like a venue that you, that you go to? So model parliament is basically, um, you're like emulating like parliament basically. Oh, so okay. I got to go to Queens Park and I met a lot of people and I had to be like part of like a political party. I was government party liberals. Um, we formed government um, and we basically had to come up like with a bill and we had to do like a second reading for like the bill where the other side, like the opposition got to question us on the government bill. and We got to question the other side on their own bills and whatnot. Um, and that was kind of just like a bit, huge networking event. Um, where I like met lots of people and through them found new opportunities. So it's almost like you're reenacting situations that you would find yourself in, like in, in parliament. Yeah, exactly. That's actually really interesting. Um, so next I got a kind of a different question here, but do you feel that Hollywood does a good job in painting a realistic picture of the politics scene? Like we have shows like house of cards, it sort of seems like it has like a really dramatic approach. And then there's, there's lots of other politic movies, but from the ones that you've seen and the ones that you know about, do you think that Hollywood portrays it in a realistic light? Mm -hmm. um, I think some do and some don't. Um, I also, I, I didn't say this before, but I wanted to go into politics because I wanted to become a lawyer because I watched Suits and um, what's that other show? Annalise Keating. Does that ring a bell to you? No, but I did watch, I watched the first couple episodes of Suits and I kind of fell off it, but I do want to or like reapproach it because I think it looks pretty interesting. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to go to law school and then politics because of watching those shows. So, um, but I do think like those shows don't paint a realistic image at all. Like forget yeah. about that. Um, but I didn't think so either. I did. Yeah. I wanted to know your, your input. Yeah. <laughs> Um, two things, like two movies that definitely come to mind when thinking of this question are um, On the Basis of Sex. So that's a biographical film about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a Supreme Court justice in the United States. Um, and it was about like the, the cases she was fighting for like women's equality and gender equality um, in the States, um, like in the 60s and 70s. Um, and I thought that that represented kind of like a real um view of politics just because it was very I guess like top down the way you have to change things you kind of have to go to the top and then right change things on the way down and I kind of thought that well there's there's top down and ground up but the top down approach I like to changing politics how like she literally went to the supreme court to like argue a case on gender equality um, and I thought that that was a pretty good like view of politics and law um, and especially of like the time being with like gender equality and whatnot. And the second one is don't look up. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to like uh, talk about that. I was waiting for the opportunity. Okay. I finished it yesterday. That film was, it was oh. incredible. 
Amazing, 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 amazing. It was incredible, but it also gave me like a real kind of existential crisis because yes, yes, because <laughs> obviously it's a <laughs> it's it's obviously a film, but I it feel like it's really scary how realistic that would be if we were in yeah. that position. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say it, the the sort of asteroid coming to Earth is is almost like a reference to um to climate change. Yeah. And, and, and I do see that. And I think it's very clever. And I know some people don't like when films, they, they, they say it's a preachy almost, but I think it's important to have that message because I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like it's incredibly realistic to how we as a society would act in that mm-hmm. circumstance. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I got sad after. So I was like, yeah. realistic. and it was meant to call it like Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like spearheaded it I think yeah and it was meant to call attention to like how we are reacting to like global crisis is currently like pandemic like you saw in the movie like yeah they basically emulated like Trump supporters with the rallies like yeah. how like, Meryl Streep had those rallies and she's like that is that's the first thing I thought of I was like Meryl Streep is essentially like the female version of Trump yeah. with just yeah. like the, the kind of negligence and like, like oh, we'll just you know figure it out later yeah and jonah hill was hilarious i, I jonah hill was just, oh, that was great yeah oh okay this episode's gonna include spoilers but i got so sad when she left him behind yeah i know like that's that's her kid when i watched the trailer i thought he was gonna be like the vice president or something and then the movie is like i'm sorry mom and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah and that was hilarious when uh when the the guy i guess like the jeff bezos of the film the dude with like the white hair he was like, oh. uh, she was at Meryl Streep was asking like, how am I going to die? And then he's like, you're going to die from this creature. I, I forget the name. It was yeah, like yeah. A, a Bront something. And it's then, like, yeah, they revisit Earth after, you know, yeah. every, everyone went extinct. And that's how she fucking dies. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, after watching that, I was like, just kind of scared. I was like, damn, yeah. like, that's, that's kind of scary how like realistic that would be. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you. I, I really wanted to sort of find the right opportunity to talk about that um yeah so yeah i already asked you what age now we're gonna move into some a little bit of a, uh, indigenous discussion here so how do you think oh, i talked I, I talked about this with you with the mm-hmm. questions how do you think canada can support reconciliation with the indigenous community yeah so i actually took a course this semester on indigenous governance um and i kind of learned like I learned so much from that course on like, I guess, like settler colonialism. And the first step would be obviously to dismantle settler colonialism. Do you know what that is? No, I was gonna like, what, what is that right. exactly? So colonialism is basically um, like when the, like the English and French people come here and like, okay, that's a case. Okay, so Canada is an example of settler colonialism, something like, I guess like India would be an example of like regular colonialism where like people go there, like they went to go take spices and resources from there, um, like like the English people and French people and whatnot. But settler colonialism is basically when um, the people come over. So for example, the English and French came over to Canada and they uh, wanted to like establish a colony there and settle there. So they wanted to like establish like an extension of the of uh, like Britain or France in Canada. And is that how like all like the tragedy started? Like they showed up and essentially yeah. kicked everyone out who had already yeah. been living there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Basically. gotcha. Um, and so 
any reconciliation would have to start with dismantling settler colonialism. And people think like it's a thing in the past with like residential schools and, um, you know, the 60s scoop, but it's totally like still a thing today. Um, I don't know. Have you heard of Wet'suwet'en? Uh, who? Sorry. Wet'suwet'en. I have not. No. So I think it's in. Um, what's it called? Sorry, is, is that a person or is that a place? I don't want to sound no, like. No, sorry, it's a place. It's a place. Oh, it's a place. It's okay. Indigenous, uh, gotcha. Community in, gotcha. I think Alberta or BC, and basically the government wants to uh, build a pipeline, and so the RCMP have and so, sorry. Uh, so basically, what I learned from this class is that settlers have the ability to be on Canadian, like in Canada, only if they've signed treaties with Indigenous peoples. Okay. So that way there's like at least some sort of common ground that yeah, can be met. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that land is unsurrendered because there's no treaty for it. So oh, okay. in government and people literally do not have the legitimate authority to be on that land. But basically what is happening is they've sent the RCMP in. Um, to fight indigenous peoples who are trying to protect their land against development for like oil or, um, you know, like from yeah. development and being like clear cut and basically destroying the environment there. Um, so things like that are still happening today. Um, and so the first step to reconciliation would be um, definitely like trying to stop settler colonialism and adopting the um, calls to action in the Tr truth and reconciliation report because they literally came out indigenous peoples like wrote this document um, of calls to action that they want implemented and the government has only like done like a few yeah yeah like i've seen some headlines the government trying to make it seem like they've made yeah. substantial change like we're providing this amount of money to funding and so on but i feel like there is still lots of work that needs to be done to, you know, you're, you're never going to forget what happened, but to sort of try and mend the wound or the, the, the like the, the damage that's, that's been done to, mm -hmm. to the indigenous community. And I was doing some, like a little bit of research before, and obviously there's a, like a long list of tragedy and unfortunate things that happened to the indigenous community. But I was reading something about the children that like, that were, that, died at these at schools and that were buried and obviously we we heard like last summer there was like more information resurfacing about yeah. that but um where is it here i saw something incredibly let me see uh yeah so it said now keep in mind this is kind of like a little bit of an older report so this number probably there's probably more cases that we oh, know about but it, yeah and this information comes from a case study called where are the children buried by dr scott hamilton department of anthropology at Lakehead University of Thunder Bay, Ontario. And he said, and I quote, over about 140 years of operation at over 150 Indian residential school locations, the TRC uh, research indicates that at least 3,213 children are reported to have died. And this was back, I think this was in 20, it's either 2015 or 2016. So that number is probably just substantially increased. And that is just, that right there just tells me like, there's going to be there's going to have to be so much more things done to help the indigenous community for the, the terrible yeah. things that have been done to them for sure um so the numbers actually i think more than that now yeah that, yeah that's what i figured yeah. Uh, yeah 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 over the summer like 
um, like unmarked graves. Like those kids were killed. You don't like if that were like white kids. Yeah, there'd be, there'd be like outrage. But okay. like what's happened is like literally a tragedy because yeah. it's like genocide. It's literal genocide. Like oh, it's, people, it's straight up genocide. Yeah, it's yeah. straight up genocide. Like it meets the um, the UN like declaration on genocide. Yeah. It's called like it, I think it like meets all five of them. Like I did an essay on just looking at residential schools. Were residential schools an artifact of genocide? And we didn't like the, the, the essay didn't cover the um, because one one of the conventions is stopping births within the group. Um, so that wasn't happening in residential schools, but the other four were and um, governments like Alberta, I think were forcibly sterilizing indigenous women. So stopping births wasn't within a group um, in the nineties. And I think still are today um, they, and like without their knowledge. Yeah. So what is happening is genocide. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And what's some advice you can give to someone who's interested in getting involved in the career path that you're sort of in right now? Mm-hmm. Volunteer. Volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest thing. Um, because you meet so many people through it and you're able to like, I guess, ha- like develop a bigger network and like definitely volunteer at organizations like, like and literally any organization um but you can also volunteer with a party like if you want to get into office volunteer with a party um but if you like care about social justice as well like you can work with other organizations as well and like kind of like establish yourself in those like uh areas as like someone who does like good work in like a social justice field or whatnot um just through volunteering and you can like expand your network greatly and people who are in politics are kind of like always down to help like people who I guess like don't have as much connections of the, as them. Like that's kind of how I um, like have gotten involved, like through my friends or through people I know, through people I've met networking. Um, so I definitely say volunteer if you want to get involved in politics. That's great advice. Um, so we're going to move on to some pandemic stuff now uh since it's obviously what's going on in the world uh mostly uh so what do you think has been the most challenging part of this pandemic you know for you and you know your family or and just people that you know in general um definitely mental health i think yeah. everyone's mental health has gone to shit um just that's like, yeah that's a universal yeah it's universal we can't do anything everyone's sad um especially as a young person, it's like, mm-hmm. ugh, like you can't go out partying. You can't go live. Like it sounds like something. So like, I guess like first world, but like, you can't like, like you have these expectations for how like your twenties are going to go. And like, you can't really do that. Cause we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like you can't travel, you can't go party. You can't go hang out with your friends. Cause it's too dangerous. Um, like you can't go work in person you can't go work at a job you like like in person and like you know properly meet people because we're all stuck inside and especially now um like it's kind of bad and I think a large part of the pandemic I think this also goes into our next question is um the government's like inaction and like 
literally like absolutely like the worst like how do I say this like they have not in, enacted the policies that we need we don't have sick days right yeah um, it's hard for people to get testing um you know like there's no proper ventilation and even when the government says they're gonna go put proper ventilation in schools like they don't the only place I've seen proper ventilation is at my dentist's office where they have HEPA filters in each of the rooms. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So a lot of promises aren't being mm-hmm. met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know what you mean. <coughs> like, I don't think it's silly when you're referring to like going to the club because those are, yeah. we need that social interaction. Like it doesn't have to be the club, but for some people like I, that's I like to do that, and that's yeah. how I that's how I met you and Saad. Well, sorry, yes, yes, Saad, yes, but I yeah, that's how, that's how I, you were with Saad, and I saw Saad, and that's how I met you. But we yeah. need that social interaction, and I feel, and I've mm-hmm. talked about this before with other people. I feel like it could arguably even wor- be even worse for like kids that are just getting into high school or children. Oh, right? yeah. That's how they're setting their foundation. Those building blocks yeah. of going to kindergarten and going to elementary school. That's how mm-hmm. they make those memories, and they're sort of like. So, you know, uh, there, there's a period of time where they're at home on online school and then they're being thrown back into school. And it's kind of like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not, so yeah. much, like, it's so much to deal with. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I guess you kind of did answer, answer that, that second question there. So mm-hmm. what, so what do you, if, if you could pick like one or two things that you miss, you know, from before all this started in like 2019, what are, what, what, what would you pick? What, what do you miss the most before all this? Um, well, I grew up dancing and so a big part of like that is obviously going to take class in person and you cannot take class in person during a pandemic. Um, like I've tried, like, I've also tried like new forms of dancing. Um, and like, especially ones that are like very like prone to injury, I guess, where it's like lots of like body movement and like, I can't take class. I've injured my shoulder. Um, and like had I been able to go to like class and see people and like being able to dance like I wouldn't have gotten injured like you know I'm I'm I can't practice an art form I like because we're in a pandemic and I can't go take class so yeah I've seen like weird things where like stuff like that they're doing over zoom calls like the instructor will be like I mean I guess for some people that may work but for me personally like that's not something that would work for me I would need to like you said be in person and and it's, it's more, it's more intimate that way. And it's more mm-hmm. obviously enjoyable. You're around everybody. And with dancing, like you said, that's, that's something I feel like you obviously need to do in person, especially if you're dancing yeah. in like a group with other people. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else or is that probably like the one thing that you, you miss the most? I mean, there's tons of things we could probably go on for that alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think political event, like I got a little bit of taste. Like I was just getting into politics as the, pandemic was hitting so I did get a taste of it but like definitely like going being able to go to political events I did I did this thing last year daughters of the vote which is where (coughs) sorry um you get to go to parliament usually and you like sit and like basically like you go to you yeah it's it's people from all over girls from all over the country or like people who identify as women or lgbtq plus people right of different genders who are at men get to go to Ottawa and like have a bunch of political workshops and work with like politics politicians and nonprofits and learn about stuff and go sit in parliament and like present a speech or whatever and so I had to do that online yeah and it was so not good 
I don't want to. They tried their best, but I would have loved to have gone in person and like taken a via rail train to Ottawa and gone to go stay in a hotel and meet people in person because I could have had, I guess, like could have met people better that way because I met everyone online and like I knew some people who were doing the program already, but like I found it like harder to like, I guess, establish connections. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably say that that's one thing I'd miss. Yeah, the whole online space is really like interesting because the the college program that I'm in, I started it last year, obviously during the heat of all this. And it hasn't really felt like I've actually been in school because of that lack of social interaction. I've just been online and I'll be honest, for the most part, I don't even go to class. I'll just be frank with you Um, just because I'm really busy and whatnot. But even when I go, I just it just there's something it feels off, as I'm sure you could probably relate to Um, but yeah, I'm hearing there's like these hybrid classes, like, you know, two, two days a week, you show up or whatever, but I don't know. Um, but with Omicron happening, I don't even know if that's going to be a possibility anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. so my next question is what are some strategies you've incorporated into your daily life to help cope, you know, cope through this pandemic, you know, from, you know, a mental standpoint, obviously being one of the biggest ones. Yeah. So my mental health has really suffered during this pandemic. Oh, same here. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, but like definitely just talking to friends, knowing mm-hmm. like everyone else is going through it. Um, I've started working out again, so I'm finding that that's helping. Yeah. Um, I got like a month at the gym near my house, but yeah. I'm not gonna go anymore because the cases are too high. Like it's way yeah. too dangerous, and all it's kind it's kind of hilarious because all the girls that I see using the gym keep their mask on the whole time, and all the men using the gym have them off the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I haven't, like, I haven't been to a gym in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like definitely, um, exercising and kind of just, I guess like partying by myself. I got lead light. That's right. Not lead lights. Oh my God. LEDs. Yeah. 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 No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Blast some house music, jump around, you know, call some friends. Be like, yeah. 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 It's important to do that. Like, and actually speaking of LED lights, I think I'm actually probably going to order some on Amazon that like, go to like behind my TV and they kind of go oh, up yeah, yeah. to the, whatever the theme of the movie is. Like if I'm watching, I don't know, Batman, for example, I'll put like blue led lights or something, but anyways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important. And exercise is, is the biggest one. Like even something as simple as like push-ups yeah. or sit-ups, right. It's good. Oh, for your de- physical. Definitely getting outdoors. Yeah. Well. Going for walks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The best. Yeah. I've actually found like, like a newfound appreciation for, for going for walks. Yeah. Especially because I, I live in Pickering and I live pretty close to. Oh the, yeah, the place yeah. is so nice to yeah. walk. Yeah, yeah. Have the rouge with the creek and whatnot. Gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. Going going by the lake, the the beach. That's always fun. Um, I think that's gonna wrap up our pandemic questions. Yeah, I think we're yeah. getting towards the end here. Um, I think we got yeah. So we got some some lighthearted questions to sort of conclude the episode here. Uh, have you ever been to a Raptors game? I've been twice and once was during coronavirus, like in, I think September or, or October, I went with oh, my okay. friends. It was fun though, but um, the, like the vibe was still there. It was kind of hilarious. Yeah. Even though people were like, you know, wearing masks. Was there, was there like, obviously it wasn't full capacity, but was there like, was there a lot of space between everybody or? Oh, actually it was at full capacity. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, then the vibe was, was really was. probably on. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, a lot of people give me flack for this, but I've never, like, I didn't grow up a Raptors fan. Um, mm-hmm. 
Like I, I still, I still like watching them, but I'm not really like a fan of them. Like I went mm-hmm. to, you know, I went to a couple of games, like, like when they were in the playoffs, like outside of the building, but oh, I've never actually, I've never hype. actually been to one. Yeah. It was so hype. That was probably like one of the coolest, yeah. despite yeah. me not being a fan, it was so cool to be a part of it. Just like yeah. everybody was crowded in the streets and literally like nobody could drive around. Yeah. That was fun, but I've never been to a game and I do want to go at some point. Um, yeah. My next question, I gave you 50 grand. And I give you 50 grand just to go travel. So where, where are you going? If, if I give you 50 grand, what are you doing with that money? Where are you going? What are the places you're going to go to? Um, so before you finish that question, stocks popped into my head. Oh, actually. Well, hey, you know what? That, I don't want to take advice from me. I'm down a grand. I don't want to limit it to just travel. If I give you 50 grand, you do whatever you want. But if you were to use yeah. it on travel. I'm going to Italy you? and I'm going to Europe and... I'm going to go see family in Italy. I, and I'm going to go visit Portugal. Yeah. Honestly, like when I was younger, these tropical places, you know, they, they seem very enticing and they still are to this day. But I'll be honest, like if I had to pick between either going to like Jamaica right now or going to like Amsterdam or like somewhere in Europe, I would personally for me, I think I'd rather go to somewhere in Europe just to experience like that yeah. rich culture. And, and there's obviously rich culture in places like Jamaica. But yeah, that would just be my pick. Um, yeah. So favorite restaurant in Toronto. So I have lots of allergies. So I'm going to have to say the keg because they're always good with allergies. I love, I love the keg. <laughs> I always get that. Uh, what's that one appetizer? It's like the, it's like, it's like the cheese and like the, it's like the, the cheese and the two sauces and you like dip like, like crackers in it. Or, or, what's oh, okay. That? Yeah. I like the focaccia. Oh, I love the keg bread. The keg bread's so good. Yeah, no, it's it's delicious. The butter there too is like. Oh, the, the whip good. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. no. I have to say Casa Loma. I take that back. Castle. Like, I've never eaten there, and I really want to. So good. You, what's it called? Um, they have lie about having allergies, so they give you the parsnip chips for your appetizer. Okay. 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 And order the steak and the mash with asparagus. I'm going to try, I'm going to, me and Evan are going to try and go there sometime and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll remember that suggestion. Um, so my next question, if Hollywood was making a biopic about your life, which actress would you want to, them to cast to play as you? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> Maybe like. Kind of a tough uh, one, but. I'm going to have to say Demi Lovato before they shave their head just because they're Italian and they kind of look yeah. like me. I don't know. It's a good pick. She's, she's a good actress. Um, if you could pick one person to be your mentor, as our last question here, who would it be? I don't know if you already have a mentor, but you know. Mm. David Suzuki. David Suzuki. Yeah. I've been I haven't like heard about him in a, in a, in a while. Maybe I just so, I think I would pick him as my mentor because the other day, so I'm like I also kind of got into politics because like I saw climate change is a big issue. Right. Um, and the other day, David Suzuki was like, like kind of like almost like a call to action. It was about like the pipelines. I think it was about like, like indigenous protest and whatnot, or like, like climate protests. And he was like, you know, like, if you're not going to listen to them, we're going to light those things on fire. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I like I just thought it was kind of like badass of him to do that so mm-hmm. yeah 
because like it is a big issue and no one cares so well not that no one cares but the government says they're doing stuff but they're not doing it yeah yeah it's that sucks it's always how um, it is just like in the movie don't look up how like they're like yeah, yeah i'm probably gonna rewatch that that was actually really good and it's yeah. like a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes which i don't i don't know why i think it's just because a lot of people are turned off by like the the overall message how real it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but you should definitely do like a whole episode on it. Yeah, I, I I've been thinking about it. It's and Leo, Leo's everybody's performance is fantastic. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. I love how many people were in it too. It's like wow, I love all these actors now. Yeah, and Chris Evans showed up. <laughs> cameo, the cameo, yeah, the cameos left and right were just like, like damn. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. All right. Oh. Well, that's probably gonna cap cap the episode. Thank you mm-hmm. so much, Mary, for giving your time and and uh very different from what i've usually done i've usually just talked about you know fun stuff movies but i think it's important to have more important conversations like this so thank you very much for sharing your time and everybody i will see so just to cap off here uh why don't you tell our viewers mary where they can find you on social media yeah so um my instagram handle is just my name uh mary rose amaral so that's m-a-r-y-r-o-s-e-a-m-a-r-a-l um, and if you'd also like, connect with me on LinkedIn. Cool. And I will see you on episode 16, everybody. 17, sorry. <laughs>